You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On today's episode, we have Pastor Matthew Gullion here to talk with us about how the churches in Northeast Indiana are holding up during this pandemic, and some of the ways that we can help. So, Pastor Matthew, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as AMS in Northeast Indiana uh, Baptist Association? Absolutely. It's good to be with you guys today. Uh, here at uh, New Life Ministries. Uh, thank you for the invitation, Phil and Ben. And uh, it is a, it's an honor to be able to be here with you and uh, just watch what God's doing in and through even mm. this ministry. So my name again, Matthew Gullion. I serve as the uh, AMS or some would know it as the uh, DOM or Hey You is uh, usually what I get called. And so uh, uh, it is, uh, it's a blessing to be able to serve with the Association of Churches up in Northeast Indiana uh, Baptist, and so uh, what a joy it is not even to, to not only to serve with them, but outside those walls as well mm. uh, with a lot of other churches. So I'm just uh, I'm just an old country boy uh, from Kentucky originally. I've uh, been here over seven years now. Uh, wife Ruth and three precious daughters, beautiful daughters. So uh, uh, grateful to uh, to be up in this this area. Um, so that's a, a little bit about me. I uh, was minding my own business in the mechanical engineering world, and the Lord called me into ministry, mm. oh man, about 25 years ago now. Mm. And so it's been a ride of a lifetime. So I have greatly enjoyed it and uh, enjoying the roles in which God has placed me in, even here currently. Amen. Yeah. Matthew, do you think you could speak a little bit about uh, what associational mission strategist does, like what your position is when it comes to NEBA or for that position anywhere? All right. So uh, a lot of times what it becomes is a, uh, an administrative role to help gather the uh, region of churches together. So when I came uh, here about seven years ago, we were um, somewhere about 23 current churches and at this point, we're uh, pushing right around 40. We fluctuate just a little bit. And so my role is to um, help in the bigger picture, to bring uh, mission teams and mission entities into the area to uh, help us work together, to coordinate our efforts that we might be able to do more together than what we do separated. And so uh, that's, a, that's a lot of what we do. We, uh, we have regional events, uh, one a massive one a few years ago was when we uh, led in the process of the Will Graham celebration coming mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the area. And so it was a joy to be able to uh, co-facilitate, co-lead that to make that happen. So uh, really the role is uh, what it's intended on being is uh, to help bring uh, bigger things uh, that an individual church may not be able to do on their own but yet collectively we can. So um, through this time, I spend a lot of time as well with uh, uh, also lead the region of uh, churches, Midwest in a sense, and that's the SBCAL. So it's the 13 states. And I spend a lot of time with my counterparts across the Midwest. And I keep reminding them that we're in advisory capacity as uh, only. Uh, I have no authority over the local church, but yet an advisory capacity. Mm. So what I feel like my major role today is, and uh, especially with this pandemic going on, is to is to shuffle information, get information out of the pastors and the people's hands. And after that, it's theirs as to what they do with that. So mm. I enjoy uh, time just working with the local churches 
and just give them the information that may help them make an educated decision on some direction they need to go. Yeah, and if just a reminder to our listeners, well, while we are recording this, we are right in the middle, hopefully towards the end mm-hmm. of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Matthew, you started on it towards the end there. Would, could you talk about maybe some of the different struggles your church has faced or that other churches in the association have faced? So, of course, when you don't have people in the pews, that creates all sorts of new struggles. Um, So we find that what has happened beautifully is that it has forced churches to probably get where they need to be anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have had to uh, look at, well, what does online giving look look like? I talked to a pastor the other day, and he said, if I would have recommended all the things that we have implemented in the last 30 days— Six months ago, I would have been fired. And I thought, that's a, that's a good word. It really is. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that we need to be reminded that we have got to stay uh, on that cutting edge. I think about Junior Hill always made a statement, and that is we have got to be sensitive to the times, yet anchored to the rock. Yeah. And that's a good word for even today, mm-hmm. to be reminded that the world in which we live is always changing but the Savior and who we serve never changes. He's mm-hmm. the same. And so it has been a beautiful thing to watch churches do things like online giving, things such as um, as they worship, they're doing it online or they're doing it recorded or uh, maybe it's devotions that they're... It's, it's beautiful watching them be creative. Uh, I saw a post the other day that said, and just like that, we've all become... Uh, Tele, what is it? Tele, televangelists. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's amazing. But what we're finding is it's a great opportunity for uh, the churches to reach beyond the walls. So yes, it's a struggle, but yet it's also a, a blessing at the mm-hmm. same time. It's forced them to look at things differently, and myself to look at things differently than what we have in the past. And so, so those are struggles. As I deal with pastors, um, it is, it, it's an emotional wrench for them. It really is emotional struggle. I won't say all, but a lot of pastors are very extroverted. Yeah. And so now they're going into empty rooms and trying to preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going into studios trying to record, and there's no one in the room with them. And that's a, that's a great struggle if you've never experienced anything like that. Not only that, but uh, many are, are busy in their churches, uh, feeding the sheep, tending to the flock in a sense. So what we find is that that is all gone. You can't mm-hmm. go house to house mm-hmm. and check on someone that's sick. You can't go into a hospital. Currently, my mother-in-law's in the hospital. I can't even, mm-hmm. can't even get in the doors to her. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a crisis of identity for a lot of of churches and pastors. So uh, looking at the bad, but then asking those questions, where do we go? So they have become more creative in how that they do ministry. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there are struggles, financial struggles, um, emotional, physical, mental uh, struggles that go along with it. But uh, I, I'm blessed to be able to see those churches... Uh, succeed in going to the next step good question when i when i was thinking of different struggles and we did we did a a small piece two weeks ago 
on just the pandemic overall and some ideas that churches could do like um, I know what your church does the FM transmitter and, mm. and Facebook live and all those things and that was the biggest thing what you mentioned was you know pastors kind of losing their identity their whole purpose is to, to take care of the flock to yeah. tend to the flock and right. when the flock's all gone and you're in an empty room it's it it's that sad thought of you know I can't tend to my people right I right. can't tend to the people that God's entrusted me with. And right. so so I know you, you touched on it a little bit with some of the positive things that we've seen, you know. Maybe tell us maybe some of the positive things that you've seen in your own church in Ossian. Mm. Mm. Well, I think it's it's been a blessing to be able to see the ministry outside the walls. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at the churches that I would say are thriving are continuing to do ministry in some regard. They're not staying behind the walls. They're not hiding. They're continuing something. So for instance, here at New Life, you all uh, give out the food every every day. Mm -hmm. And that's been going on for, I don't know, 100 years now. I I don't know, a long time. (laughs) Feels like Uh, (laughs) it. So you're doing ministry, so you're still in the public eye. For us, it's been... The same thing. So we have a Thursday food ministry mm-hmm. that goes from two to four. Uh, we feed somewhere in the neighborhood of about, uh, we've been averaging probably 175 mm-hmm. to 200 people uh, every Thursday. And so we have continued that. It looks different. Yeah, well, our, our people are masked and gloved. Mm-hmm. And um, the, we do the six foot social distancing they're standing in line. The numbers have not gone down. Surprisingly, yeah. they've gone up. And I know yeah. you all have experienced that as mm-hmm. well. So the positives are that we're seeing people that we've never seen before. We're doing ministry uh, that we've never had that opportunity to, to do before. So we're learning how to do ministry outside the walls. So we've taken it to a different level. Now, this won't continue after the pandemic is done. But for those that are not able to come to us, uh, we're going to them. Mm-hmm. So we've got probably uh, 50 people that we're actually taking food boxes to them, exactly. to their doorstep, knocking on their door and walking away yeah. mm-hmm. so that those that can't get out or, or may be fearful to get out, we're there with them in the midst of that. So the other positives that I see are a new appreciation for facilities as I deal with our church and other churches. So today we walked into, I won't say an empty uh, building, but pretty close. Yeah. Um, it, it has made us look at our facilities and not just ours, but as I have conversation with literally hundreds of pastors, one of the things that I find is that they have a new appreciation for the building that they have been given. Mm-hmm. For me, a pet peeve is a church building that's not being used. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful as I watch our, our pastors and other pastors looking now at the jewel that's been setting in mm-hmm. their lap mm-hmm. all along that they've not been capitalizing on. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you guys have got not just the church, but multitude of, yeah. of facilities and all of them were hopping. And, and I'm grateful for that. But I am thankful for our pastors now that are looking at hey, we have this great tool in our hand and we've not been using it to its capability. Mm. So I feel like on the outside, outside and outset of this that we're going to see churches use their facilities greater than they have ever been before. So it's created a shakeup. 
It really has caused people to think, man, won't it be so nice <laughs> when oh, yeah. we can actually use this mm-hmm. place for what it is uh, been called to use to, to be used for? And so it's created new challenges that have created, I think, new excitement. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever seen a a time where the church is as excited about getting back in yeah. together than what they are right now. Yeah. Um, so we have a partnership with Cuba. One of the neat things that I've seen in the midst of that is when Cuba told them they were not able to worship and get together, the church exploded in growth. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not allowed to meet by, at first it was any church over 100 had to split. Church growth happened. Then they decided anything over 50, the church has to split. Church growth happened. Well, now what I'm finding is when you're telling people in the United States (laughs) that you're not able to worship, they are more, I I pray, they are more, time will tell, Mm -hmm. but they are more passionate to get back to the church than I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So there's a positive negative in the midst of all that. So I'm excited to see the day after. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something that uh, we've talked about a little bit in this church is uh, bringing people back to their first love, which man. is Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it'd be such a beautiful thing. People just hungry for to get back to their first love, right. get back using their buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we move on to the next question, do you think, you know, as we continue doing the online recordings, continue doing our worship online, do you think, you know, when all this stuff kind of fades away a little bit, I and mean, then we're back in churches. Do you think churches should continue doing some of that, those things? I would highly recommend, just by what I have seen, to not stop this. So for us and others that I have talked to, they are amazed as to people that are tuning in that could not tune in any other way. They couldn't drive by the church, couldn't be here. So for instance, we have we have people from other states that are tuning in to what what's going on even with our church. And I've heard that from your alls mm-hmm. and I've heard mm-hmm. that from a multitude of others that there are people now that are listening uh, an opportunity to listen to the gospel that they've never had before. Mm-hmm. And how, do we, how can we stop that? I know that it's a little bit more work, mm-hmm. but yet I feel like it is rewarding work. Mm-hmm. One of our pastors the other day shared with me that at the end of their, their broadcast that uh, he made a, an, an invitation, an opportunity to respond to the gospel very clear and very plain. And through that, he had the opportunity of leading a man to the saving knowledge of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. To me, yeah. that's worth it all. Yeah. If you do it for 100 years and only one soul comes to Christ, yeah. that's worth it all. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, even as we were having conversation about that prior, it was one of those things that, well, we'll do that later when we get ready. Mm-hmm. Today, I think it has forced us to get ready. So I would highly recommend that for the simple fact that people that are not able to attend will attend. Some have said to me, but what about those that it'll create a lazy atmosphere? Well, they'll stay at home and watch it. (laughs) You know what? Let the Lord deal with them on Mm -hmm. that one. I pray that this has caused such a passion to gather together and pastors have got to capitalize on that, encourage their people and excite them and ignite them about worshiping together 
and then let the Lord take care of those that would use it for an excuse to stay at home. Mm. I realize as well, too, we, we have some people that, um, for lack of a better term, that are germaphobes. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they yeah. are afraid. Mm-hmm. We have an elder, uh, elderly population as well that are, are fearful. And as a pastor, I have to tell our people, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I understand if you are still worried, if you're still fearful for your life, we want you to use common sense yeah. and we want you to, to be comfortable. But we're still going to offer this as an option. Now, I told our people, look, in a year from now and everything's gone and you're still not here, we're going to hunt you down. I mean, that's just the way it is for me. And So I want to encourage our people to be safe, uh, to be smart, uh, but yet I also want them to be sensitive and understand that it is an option, but it's a tool to reach out. If you can, if you can get to the house of the Lord, we want to encourage you to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, something that you made me think of when you were talking about some of the positive things and some of the struggles you meant we were talking about the building and how more people have become started to value the build, building again. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe talk about if you have any thoughts about churches that might not have a permanent building right now, like mm-hmm. plants that are renting a space? And how do you know how they have been faring, if at all? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we've seen some that are renting some spaces that have lost buildings by design for the simple reason that it was an expense that um, was not serving them well during this time. They're paying rent, and yet there are people not in that. So um, it has caused some hardship on some of those churches, uh, and and that's tough, Mm. but conversation with a pastor the other day of a very large church outside of our region and he made the statement um and and question about what does it look like if we weren't to go back into our building and so that kind of uh made that stretched me and Mm -hmm. that caused me to think and that's kind of where he's at right now is thinking you know we're having more of an online attendance than what we are an Mm in-person attendance uh, I'm not quite comfortable with you know throwing the facilities out the door, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is something that we need to be intentional about. If we're reaching 50, just throwing a number, if we're reaching 50 in the in the worship service, but we're reaching 500 on the on the outset, then uh, we've got to be intentional about continuing to to uh, to shepherd those sheep as well. Conversation this past week was. How do we shepherd those people, uh, in a sense, virtually? How does that happen? And so it's created a whole new concept of how do you pastor people that aren't inside the room? So good good stuff, good questions that have been posed in that way. Mm-hmm. So do you have any advice on maybe what we can be doing or more churches that have fared better, how they might be helping those who have fared not so good? Mm-hmm. Again, those that are active... Those that, so I've seen some that have have created a whole new avenue of ministry mm-hmm. and God is blessing that rapidly. Uh, and, I, and I'm seeing fruit from that. Those that have shied away, kind of waved at everybody and said, see you when it's done, mm-hmm. they're struggling. Mm-hmm. So you have to be in front of the people. 
Uh, I shared with a man the other day, and I've shared this several times. It's pretty harsh, but it's true. Our, our role as pastors, God says, feed the sheep. Mm. Um, I'm a farm boy, and here's what I've learned. If I don't feed the sheep, someone's going to feed the sheep because the, the sheep are going to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has been an encouragement of mine to continue to find new ways to feed the sheep. So if we're not, if we're as churches are not feeding the people, if we're not getting something in front of the people, staying connected with the people, rest assured, if they are truly followers of Jesus Christ, they are going to find a place to be fed. Mm-hmm. And so we need to have that offer. And, and listen, I'm not saying that I'm the only, I'm the only place. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that our association is the only place. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I, I get some good preaching. I need that from time to time. That's why I tune into Jimmy. You know, that's a, <laughs> uh, I, I got to tune in and, and be fed myself. But we often forget that uh, we have an obligation to take care of those uh, of those sheep. And so, um, again, there's there's all sorts of obstacles and things that we need to to be considering as uh, uh, as churches and as as leaders in churches to to really help take care of. Um, the people that God's entrusted us with. So I would encourage you to kind of feed the sheep. So we need to, we need to learn from this as well. Um, I think that if we walk away from it and we have not learned and taken good notes from it and we go back to where we were, what well, we've missed it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that we've been given an opportunity to learn and we need to take advantage of that. Um, continue to do those new outreaches. I think that you can't just abruptly stop that. Now, there are some things that will change, mm-hmm. but continue to do what you've done. If you've started an online service, I would continue uh, to encourage you to continue to do that. Um, but I would say focus outside the walls. Mm-hmm. I pray that this has, uh, when I first came seven years ago, that was the theme of the year, Beyond the Walls. And some took that and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that our churches will take that focus outside the walls. We have become holy huddles. Mm-hmm. We've become keepers of the aquarium, all these cliches. We have become those things rather than understanding that, that Jesus left the 90 and 9 to find the one. We've got to go outside the walls and find the one that is closest uh, to destruction closest to hell, if you will, and reach that person for Christ. And you guys are doing that well here. And so my prayer is that through this pandemic that it will be more and more evident that that focus outside the walls. And here's, here's the thing too. We may have lost time, but I pray we've not lost momentum. Mm-hmm. We, we have lost time. I look around and think, man, we have lost some time. That bu- that, that bugs me. It really does. I, I'm a driven kind of person, and uh, we may have lost time, but we, we don't have to lose momentum. So I would encourage our pastors to go forward. And so I, I'm praying that the Lord will use this to drive us to new and better things. Mm-hmm. As churches, as, as leaders, as followers, to drive us to new and better things. Well, Matthew, do you have any final thoughts or any thoughts towards reopening as hopefully, like we said earlier, this pandemic is coming to a close? Right. 
So, of course, we know and statistics will show us that we're going to see somewhat of a reopening and mm-hmm. more than likely we're going to find another spike just a little bit later down the road. So we're trying to learn from, um, trying to learn from the history that is in front of us. So a conversation with a couple pastors this morning, uh, one of them was to, as they're looking at going back, of course, I think that I may get the dates wrong, but maybe May the 20th, being able to gather back together. Uh, I think it was Ohio. We've not necessarily heard it in Indiana yet, but uh, 10 uh, in tens. So we have some very small churches. In the midst of that, I was I think on May the 20th is what Ohio has said, um, is, to, is to keep that spacing, encourage the wearing of the mask for a little while, we, we want to be healthy. We, we want to be healthy and have the mindset for our people uh, to keep them uh, safe as well. So we're still learning those, those phases. I think uh, from my understanding is Ohio has done the 20th and then the 25th. I'm not sure what uh, Governor Holcomb is going to do with us. Uh, but to observe those phases, um, we have already began to put together a plan. So I would encourage our churches and our pastors um, to get together in some way to figure out how to make that happen. So we're able to remove uh, every other row, every other mm. aisle. I wouldn't recommend New Life to try to do that. Those pews are <laughs> tough to move. Yeah. But uh, uh, I would encourage you to, to figure out how to rope off, section off. You guys have got a big sanctuary, so you've mm-hmm. got an opportunity to maybe rope off every other pew and, and still keep some mm-hmm. safe distance for a little bit. So those are things that, uh, that we're encouraging um, to not necessarily go back to the Bible studies, closed room type setting yeah. for a little while mm-hmm. uh, until that we get an all clear. So uh, never would I ever encourage us to go against what the government is saying as long as the government's not encouraging mm-hmm. us to go against what the Bible's mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. So uh, use, use your brain. Um, I, I would also encourage you, stay in contact. If you live in a, in a city or small town, such as we're sitting here in Huntington, to, uh, to encourage you to reach out to the local leadership. So we stay in close communication with the local leadership, the sheriff, uh, uh, the police department, the local mm-hmm. health departments, just so that they know this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a gathering, a, a worship service out in a parking lot a few uh, weeks ago. We got reported good part was that they already knew who they yeah. reported us to. They already knew. They were able to say, yes, they're setting uh, every other parking spot. They're observing. So mm-hmm. keep in communication with the local authority so that they know what you're doing mm-hmm. and what your intent's on doing. Yeah. I know a lot of this can, can kind of base around what our weekly verse is going to be uh uh, this week, which is Galatians 6, 9, which says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I think that has you know implications with us reopening. It has implications with us continuing to do the online. Um, I think, like you said, if just one was saved by you continuing to do mm-hmm. online, yeah. it would have been worth it. It's been worth the little extra effort to do all the stuff that you have to do. Mm -hmm. You run into a lot of issues when you do the online stuff, the recording stuff, and um, but it's all worth it if just one, if just one gets saved. Well, Pastor Matthew, we want to thank you for being our guest today, being able to 
take a barrage of questions from Phil and I about everything going on right now. We hope to have you back, maybe, if the, if the time is right. But this concludes our episode of Kingdom Faith. We just want to remind you that we put out a new episode every Monday. If you have a request for an episode or any comments, you can email at us, kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith.